0: Here in Indiana, though, uh, something unique happened. You had challenges, uh, and that removed Republicans, replacing them with other Republicans. And when that happens, you got to ask yourself: are, are we are we playing the uh, squad, ocasio Cortez game, where you're just trying to get progressives to replace Democrats, or was this more establishment people replacing more activist people? What does this do to the Republican Party in Indiana? How does this change? how the supermajority might go about doing things. Eric Berman, Chief Political Correspondent here at 93 WIBC, joins us uh, right now. There's a, a bunch of seats, some of them uh, outside of of what we uh, pay attention to, like uh, in, in in Wabash County. We may not be paying attention uh, to that uh, race, um, but we would certainly paid attention to uh, the John Young race. We certainly paid attention to the John Jacob race. So talk to me about how these things went. You have the story there at WIBC.com. And where you think this places the Republican Party going into this next session?
1: I think it places the Republicans slightly more conservative. Not not a lot. Uh, to begin with, uh, The people who, the, you'd be hard-pressed to find a Republican in the state legislature who isn't a conservative. I mean, there, There's degrees, obviously, it's not like there's, there's a lot of left-wing Republicans in the legislature. But there there are some, uh, some hard-line conservatives uh, who replaced some who might not have been as far out. There's also a couple in the other direction. But on balance, I think it moves things slightly to the right. What I th- what you have is you're, you're going to lose one, one Republican Senate incumbent. That's due to redistricting. Five in the House, a couple of those due to redistricting, um, three just flat, flat out primary challenges. You mentioned John Jacob, um, where they lost their primaries. They uh, they weren't in a seat with another incumbent. They got a challenger and lost. So John Young, John Jacob, um, the other one, Dan, Dan Leonard up in Huntington, losing to a Wabash County Councilwoman Larissa Sweet. So those three incumbents, Leonard, Jacob, Young, uh, go out the door. I think in the case of of Dan Leonard, you've probably moved that seat slightly right. Again, we're talking matters of degree. Um, John, we need to talk about John Jacob. And you mentioned Wabash County, where you've got Kurt Nisley. Well, we struggled with this a little bit on election night because it's not it's not that John Jacob is conservative, and it's not that Kurt Nisley is conservative. Again, all these people are conservative. That's not what cost John Jacob his seat. John Jacob and Kurt Nisley got targeted by Republican leadership because they've been a problem for leadership just in the operation of the House with with piles of amendments uh, on bills where they're not even necessarily related and sort of gumming up the works. So more from the operation of the House is where those guys have stood apart more than ideology. So those two are leaving, but there's a couple of folks who – who may or may not, depending on how things play out, Take a similar approach. There's some things. So that we let me about, let me let
0: me stop you there yeah. just for a moment. Talking to Eric Berman, chief political correspondent at 93 WIBC. When the Republicans target other Republicans because they're gumming up the works, that's seen as an establishment anti-establishment kind of a fight. You have some of the people who were there, some of the people you're talking about who just lost, uh, saying no to this, saying no to that, saying no to the other. It's not enough. It's not strong enough. It it it, it is very much in that mold of of what the squad does in terms of trying to move a party further right. I argue that the Indiana Republican Party is amongst among the strangest beasts in all of, of, of nationwide politics. But was it, if you're arguing that they're all conservative, it's just a question of degrees. Well, the question of degree is whether or not you're gumming up the works or not. So with these new people, does, do, do Todd Houston uh, and, and, and everybody else, do they feel that they've got a, a better road to get things done, or does it change what they do and it becomes either more moderate or more cons- or more to the political right?
1: Well, it it remains to be seen if there's another John Jacob, and I guess Todd Houston will find that out in January. But for the time being, I think that uh, that Todd Houston is saying, yeah, things are going to be a little bit easier. We've we've lost a couple of people who were – we'll stay with that phrase. We we lost a a couple of people who were coming up the works. There's – a good analogy there with some of the progressive caucus stuff at the national level, where these are – in many cases, these are safe seats, although a couple of those up in Zionsville and Carmel, um, where you had a strong conservatives winning in open seats, those are not slam dunks for the Republicans. Those are some seats that were drawn as if anything slightly blue um, in one of them, the Democrats still didn't manage to recruit a candidate. They've got some time to do that, but those, those aren't necessarily going to end up in the Republican column in November. But assuming that the, that the folks who won the primary won the election, which is in most cases is going to be the case. Um, you've got a couple where you had, a a good where that's a good analogy where you've got somebody, I'm going to be more conservative, more more true blue. This guy's been been to establishment, not in terms of playing by the rules, but just in terms of not going far enough on some issues. So there's a couple of uh, of replacements. I think the Dan Leonard uh, seat is probably one like that. You've got a couple that go the other direction, where it's not ideology, but it's the establishment saying, "Look, we need somebody who's going to actually work with the caucus." That's certainly the Jacob race. Um, we keep mentioning Kurt Nisley. That was a redistricting race, but nonetheless, it's uh, it's clear which of those two incumbents that the leadership wanted. And what I think has gotten missed a little bit in the Leonard race and the John Young race. While you do have probably more conservative challengers replacing conservative incumbents, those are in large part driven by redistricting as well. Even though those are not double incumbent races, what happened with John Young is he picked up a big chunk of Shelby County, a a chunk of Sean Eberhardt's old district where Sean Eberhardt retired, and got trounced in Shelby County by a candidate from Shelby County. Now he lost his home county of Johnson as well, but lost Johnson narrowly and then just just got buried in Shelby. What happened with Dan Leonard in part, Dan Leonard had a tough race two years ago and managed to survive, so he, he was a little bit vulnerable no matter what. But what happened with his district is when Kurt Nisley got moved into a district with another incumbent, Craig Snow, guess where Kurt Nisley's base is? Wabash County. Most of Wabash County moved into Dan Leonard, Dan Leonard's district, who ends up winning that seat, a Wabash County councilwoman, Larissa Sweet. So redistricting plays at least a part in those races as well.
0: So you're not predicting massive swings from the Republican Party. They may have gotten rid of uh, what they may call flies in the ointment, uh, but you're not expecting to see a different level of policy coming out from Indiana Republicans uh, when the session starts again in january
1: no there, there was the potential for massive swings it was unlikely i think we said as much going into the election um there, there were 19 house republicans who had primary challengers and that's not even counting the the three incumbent on incumbent races there were 19 challengers most of them got trounced um chris jeter up in fisher's uh Won by something like six to one against his challenger, Peggy Mayfield in Martinsville. Won by two to one. That was the story in most of those races. There were three incumbents who went down, which is pretty much right where it normally is. Usually, it's two or three in a in, in a primary who lose for whatever reason. So there just aren't enough to move the ball, regardless. And to the extent that you've got those three. I don't know that it really changes things that much. I don't know that there's that much of a difference between the folks who are leaving and the folks who will be coming in.